Hi, and welcome to Ian Wants to Learn. I'm Patrick. And I'm Ian. And I want to learn. What would you like to learn about today, Ian? I don't know, Patrick. You tell me. <laughs> well, why don't you say it? Oh, okay. We'll, we'll explain. <laughs> I want to learn uh, the origin of Christmas songs because Christmas. Yeah, because it's uh, holiday time appropriate. The reason why Ian is such a smartass here is <laughs> Ian didn't submit. So normally Ian pitches me various things he wants to learn about because that's the idea of the show. You want to learn. Right. This time I, I picked what you're going to learn yeah. about. Which I think is okay. I think that's fine. Sometimes I need to be told what I need to learn. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, the the, te- the student doesn't get to decide the curriculum. Ex- right, exactly. Enormous- <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I thought, because of the holidays, I was like, well, I know, I know the origin of some songs. I was like, maybe some of them are more interesting. Maybe some that are really old or some that are more new. You know, maybe it'd be something funny. So I, I went with it. And then I was like, well, what songs should I pick? And... You know, some of them, it's like, well, obviously it's because I picked the topic for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I could pick stuff that I want to know about. And then I was like, well, that's not necessarily fair, but that's what you're going to get because I picked what we're learning about. But I was curious and I did send you a message. I was like, what are your top 10 Christmas songs? Yeah. And I don't know if you got to 10. I did not but... get to 10. Um, yeah. I was trying to think about like, well, what, what are Christmas songs that I, like, I'm not a... I'm not really a Christmas person. I mean, Christmas is fine, but that's not really my uh, thing. We but should talk about this a little bit. You're not a big Christmas person? I'm, I'm not. I mean, I like gifts, and I like getting things. I just, I find it to be too much work. It is a lot of work. Let me I put agree. it this way. I don't mind Christmas. I mind doing things for Christmas. Right. You're just lazy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's really what it is. <laughs> I live in LA, so it. It doesn't snow here, so it doesn't get right. Christmassy. And it's like I, right. I, I'm I, very particular. Like I need a real Christmas tree. That said, I don't want to go get a real Christmas tree or pay for a real Christmas tree or clean up after a real Christmas tree. Right. So it's like, well, let's just See, not have a tree. But Jillian, Jillian loves Christmas, so we have like a little, a little fake tree. Oh, and good. Jillian's okay. very, very Christmassy. Okay. So it balances See, out. You know, it's a weird thing with our situation. So – Growing up, I always liked Christmas. You know, now I'm an atheist, so it's weird that I'm into Christmas because I don't care about Jesus. But I'm in very, very into the secular part, right? Yeah. Which is obviously a big part of it now. But growing up, we always had a fake tree. And ever since I was with my wife, she likes getting a real tree. But when we had a kid, he actually last year he has a allergic reaction to a tree. We oh, realized he real, was getting what? like yeah, he was getting like hivy. Oh, from the tree, so we had to get rid of it. And now we have a fake tree, and I was I was like, oh, thank God, because yes, the smell of a real tree is very nice. It is, it's but lovely. It's expensive. It's yeah. a pain in the ass to clean. You get sappy. It's hard to decorate because it's not like perfect. It's not like a plastic tree where yeah. it's like you can just arrange it how you want. <laughs> so we we have a fake tree this year, which is way nicer. But I'm very into Christmas. When I was a kid, my dad was very like he loved the whole Chevy Chase, like decorate the whole house. Oh wow. He went he went Griswold. did you do that for Halloween too? Uh, no, he was always, so that's the funny thing. Cause my wife is much more into Halloween. I'm much more into Christmas. Ah, okay. Uh, so he would decorate the whole house, you know, lights all over the whole house. Not exactly as much as like Christmas vacation, but 
approaching that level, really. So I always liked it. Obviously, presents are great. Giving gifts are great. Candy, toys, etc. I always liked all of it. So. Yeah, I like getting people gifts and, and receiving gifts. Like that aspect right. of it, I guess the like the getting into the, the giving, you know, that. But just doing stuff is just like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. It always ends up being kind of funny because my wife is pagan, basically. So we actually celebrate winter solstice. And I remember when we got together, I was like, well, I don't really care about Christmas because I don't care about Jesus. And basically, they stole it from the pagans anyway when the, the holiday is. So right. It's like, yeah. oh, we'll do winter solstice. So we actually exchange gifts on winter solstice. And then we do the Christmas part for the kid. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. With Santa and all that. Does stuff, the, so. Where does he stand on the believing in Santa situation right now? Well, he's five. So he still does. I mean, we pretend that Santa's okay around. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he'll figure it out. Or he's already figured it out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he's quite figured it out yet. I think he's still... He's still he's getting there? Yeah. But okay. Okay. I don't know when I learned. Do you know when you learned that Santa's not real? I don't. My mother has told me that I asked when I was, I want to say, like, between, like, four and seven. I don't know. So I'll have to ask my mother. But I asked her, and she didn't want to lie to me. And so she right. told me. And then, like, for years, she was like, should I have done that? I don't know. But I guess right. when she did tell me, I was like, okay. I was like, cool. I was like, well, you can still give me gifts from Santa. <laughs> I was like, well, well, that's nice. <laughs> I, um, I can only assume that I thought that if I did that, I would still get I get more gifts. You know, it's like. Right. Or you if, you, if you told her he's not real, that you wouldn't get gifts. Yeah. Like. <laughs> exactly. I don't know when I found out exactly, but I, I have a memory of knowing and then sneaking into my parents' closet to peek at presents. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, you, you always home. learn where the presents are. Right. Yeah, that's probably the first giveaway, too, is like you find one and then it's from Santa and you're like, wait a minute. Like I already knew before I went and like found it. I, I don't have a memory of like figuring it out, I guess. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like peeking, but. Yeah. Okay, so. As we mentioned, we were talking about your top Christmas songs. Right. So this would be interesting yeah. because you're not a big Christmas person. So I, I am was. Not. So I was like, oh, I have specific ones yeah. that I like. Well, I'll, I'll tell you mine just real quick, the ones that sure. I could think of. And I, and I, this is what I could think of. I'm sure there are other ones out there that I'm like, oh, like if you say it, I'll be like, oh, my God, I love that song. But just thinking of a couple classics, like Jingle Bell Rock is a fun right. one. That's why I have that. I've always enjoyed Feliz Navidad. I have that too. It's like a fun yeah. one, yeah. The Run DMC's Christmas and Hollis. Oh, that's good. I don't have that listed, but that's a good one. Yeah, and then Weird Al's The Night Santa Went Crazy. Okay, I don't uh, know that one. You don't know that one? Oh, that's no, a super fun. It it's just about Santa like going crazy and just, you know, it's it's fun. It's a fun Weird Al. And then this song, I think, is just the worst, but I also love it. And that's Baby, It's Cold Outside. Like wow, it's okay. a song about. It's basically a song about sexual assault, and it's like I I, en I enjoy it. Because, I mean, I think when you get two singers doing it, it's a lot of fun. It's like a fun song, but like when you sit and listen to the lyrics, it's so dark and horrible, especially in like See, the I, Me Too. No, like you can get into a whole discussion about that. Song. Sure, it's its own, but that's why I like it. It's because it's such a weird, like it's weird yeah, that it's I, a standard, that it's a classic, that you you know what I mean. Well, I think. It's it's so when it was written, it was that whole idea of like call and response. Right. Right. It's like a duet. And then I think that people hear the lyrics now mm -hmm. and they interpret it the way of like, oh, he's like date raping this woman. 
Right. And there's been so many takes on that. And then it's like you get the opposite takes where it's like, no, it was actually like really hard for a woman to be out and with a man like on her own. Right. Like, you know, someone would be, you know, watching and waiting for her to be a slut or whatever. And so it's actually right. more empowering that she could be like it's a whole it goes into the whole Internet take machine. Yeah. But I think it's sure. literally like. When I hear the song, I feel like that part of like what's in this drink, it's like it's almost like playful because the right. whole oh, song yeah, yeah, is yeah. playful. Absolutely. Which is like, you sneaker you, did you put more <laughs> rum in this? Like, you know, I don't think it's like what's in this drink, like you've slipped me a roofie. <laughs> like, I think that needs to be a lyric. You sneaker you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. We don't have to get into that. But yeah, I I never liked this song because I, I just don't think it's that great. But that's interesting that you picked it. I like it only because every time I hear it, it makes me laugh. And and I, I totally get the, the, the innocent aspect of the song. Like, it's not meant to be mean. It's meant to kind of be like, right. you know, flirting. But just just the lyrics are the way they're written. So I, it's one of my favorites mainly because it just it makes me laugh and it's it, it's right. amusing. But yeah, those those are off the top of my head. You know, those are the ones that I you know I like some of the standards, but those are the ones that I would I guess put in my my list. Okay, I have uh, I have Jingle Bell Rock. Also, I have Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. That's a good one. That's like Home Alone right there. You know. Yeah, a lot of these are in Home Alone. There you go. That's yeah. I any Home song Alone. in that movie. Yeah. Uh, White Christmas, and the, specifically, I like the one in Home Alone, which is the, uh, the Drifters version. Oh, okay, okay. Which is uh, different than the Bing Crosby, which is slower. Yeah. Uh, the Drifters is like, it's right in the movie. It's a little little bouncier. I yeah. Like it, but okay. Run, Rudolph, run. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, Another good one. More, more from Home Alone. Uh-huh. Please Come Home for Christmas by the Eagles. Okay, okay. Which I actually think has a top tier guitar solo for a Christmas song for just a rock song in general. Yeah. And I think it's funny that it's in a Christmas song. Okay. I don't know. I think I'll it's have to re-listen to that song. one. Sleigh bells. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my head, I think of the Carpenters version, but it could be either way. Oh, um, okay. The Christmas song, which I don't, you know, it's not that great, but I feel like it should be up there as like a top song. The Christmas song. That's the chestnuts. Roasted oh, I didn't fire. know that was called the, the Christmas song. Okay. Yeah, it's called the Christmas song. Okay. Yeah. One of my also personal favorites is I Won't Be Home for Christmas, which is by Blink-182. I think I know that. Like, vaguely know that one. Right. But okay. And Carol of the Bells, which is, uh, oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, That's, those are good uh, picks. Yeah. I, I have other honorable mentions. Santa Baby. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Man with the Bag. I don't know Man with the Bag. It's like a very jazzy song. Okay. Everybody's waiting for the man with the bag. Huh. I don't know. Okay. Wonderful Christmas time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Paul Mac- Paul McCartney. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oi to the World, which is the Vandals, also no doubt. Okay, I've heard. Yep, I've heard that one. Mr. Grinch, you're a mean one, Mr. Sure, Grinch. Sure, that's a like yeah. That. That's a fun. And uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. A classic. Also a big fan. Of that. A classic. There's actually a cover that I prefer by Real Big Fish. Of okay. Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. If you've never heard it, it's fantastic. I have not so heard it. You should listen to it. Okay. It's like if someone said, hey, do a pop punk version of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And someone's like, oh, that's the cheesiest, dumbest shit I've ever heard. And then you hear it and you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. So there's just, a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember when Bob Dylan put out a Christmas album. No. <laughs> yeah. He put, out, he put out a Christmas album in 2009. And it's it's weird, uh, but there's one song wow. he like made a music video for one of them, and I believe it's it's called "Must Be Santa," and that's kind of a fun one. Where it's like "Must Be Santa," "Must Be Santa." I don't know. It's it's fun. It's not like the greatest in the world, but it, I have some fond memories of it. 
But yeah, Bob Dylan's yeah, must be saying that. I don't think many people do. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. You want to learn about Christmas songs? I do want to learn about Christmas songs. I have sources, Mental Floss, NBC, LA Times, Yahoo News, Newsweek, Fox, and Slate. Have you heard this idea, and it's it's gotten some attention on the internet, basically that a lot of the most popular Christmas songs were actually written by Jewish people? I feel like I've heard rumblings of such a thing. There's a fair amount of truth to it. Okay, I mean... I. I believe it. So the first song we'll talk about is White Christmas. Okay. Which, according to the Guinness Book of Records, is the best-selling song of all time. Really? Christmas or otherwise. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Is is, yeah. is Mariah Carey making, getting closer? I mean, I imagine she's making headway, uh, but... <laughs> but she's no White Christmas. No, exactly. Wow, the, mo- the highest-selling song of all time, like, not Christmas song, just song. All, Yep. Wow. The exact exact figure is not known. Okay, uh, just that but many. But it's estimated to have sold over 100 million copies. Jesus. Little baby Jesus. <laughs> and it was written by Russian-born Jewish immigrant Irving Berlin. Ah, okay. All right. That, that may- so you could already okay. make the argument that, yeah, because the biggest one is written by a yeah. Jewish person. Yeah, then there you go. Boom. Was it for, do you know, if it was was it written for like a movie or a play or was it just written as a song? Well, we'll get into it. Okay. It was written by, it was written by him. It was actually, the history is kind of sad. Oh boy. Uh, it was written sometime before 1941. Okay. Berlin's three-week-old son died oh, on Christmas Christ. Day in 1928. Oh, that's awful. I didn't want to know that. And he and his wife used to visit the grave every Christmas. Oh, God. And so, so then he wrote White Christmas. Yeah, so then he wrote about Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's... Oh. It was first performed at the Kraft, like Kraft Food, mm-hmm. Kraft Music Hall radio show okay. on December 25th, 1941 by Bing Crosby. It was supposed to be for a musical originally, but the uh. musical ended up being the movie Holiday Inn, okay. which won an Academy Award for the song. It was also then later the title track for the 1954 musical White Christmas. Ah, okay. All right. So it was written for like a Broadway musical. Right, but then got transferred into a movie. The movie, and then later it was used for another movie where it was just titled White Christmas. Interesting. It was just that big of a song, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Berlin was a big composer for musicals. He wrote things like Putting on the Ritz and There's No Business Like Show Business. Mm -hmm. He also wrote God Bless America. Well- you know, as he should. Russian-born Jewish immigrant writing mm-hmm. God Bless America. Mm-hmm. Well, he knew the truth, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wrote other Christmas songs, too, like Happy Holiday and I've Got My Love to Keep Me Warm. Uh, so, yeah, there's some truth to it. Uh, that's only one part, too. Oh. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, and A Holly Jolly Christmas were all written by Johnny Marks, who was a Jewish songwriter. Huh. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was the first one. Written in 1949, okay. he got the idea from a children's book. He later described the song as one of the worst ever written. <laughs> wow, wow! He really hated his own. Why did yeah. he hate? Why did he hate Rudolph so much? Jesus, poor Rudolph. I don't know. He gave it to Gene Autry to sing, oh. and Gene Autry also thought it sucked. <laughs> But his wife thought it was enchanting and told him to do it. Okay, interesting. It was released September 15th, 1949, which is funny because it's a Christmas song released on September 15th. Well, you got to get ready for the season, you know? (laughs) Right. But by October 1st, it had climbed to the top of the nation's record charts. Oh, wow. October 1st, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Wow, that's impressive. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree was sung by Brenda Lee in 1958, and she was only 12. What? The, The very famous... 
Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree recording. Wow. Basically the quintessential it, one, sung by Brenda Lee. She was 12 years 12 old. 12 years old. Okay. Well, I mean, she didn't write it. it. Actually, she just sang it. Oh, the other guy wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, the other guy wrote yeah. it, uh, Johnny Marks. Marks, yeah. Um, it wasn't a big hit when it first was recorded until a couple of years later with Brenda Lee's song, I'm Sorry. I don't know. I'm sorry. I th- I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel bad because I think it's, I should have looked it up, but I assumed that it was the song. It's like, I'm sorry. Oh. So sorry. Yeah, I know that one. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's the same person. Okay. I did not specifically look that up, but. Uh, I guess what other songs have I'm sorry in a way that, you know. Right. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of songs that say I'm sorry. Well, but... right. But like that, that is, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, I'm looking yeah. it up right now. I'm sorry. So sorry that I was such a fool. I didn't know love could be so cruel. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A Holly Jolly Christmas was performed by Burl Ives in 1963. Johnny Marks also wrote, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, which was recorded first by Bing Crosby in 1956. Marks wrote either the words or music to over 900 songs, Jesus. including four Christmas ones. He died in 1985 at the age of 75. <laughs> he wrote 900 songs and four of them were Christmas songs? Yeah. Okay, well, I feel like if you write 900, inevitably you're going to hit all the holidays. I feel like if that's like your job to be like a prolific songwriter, yeah. you're like, well, let's just turn out a few Christmas shitters to, to, might get, as well. yeah, to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And those are probably some of the ones that got him the most money. Yeah. In probably. the long run. you know, Including Red, Rudolph the Red-Nosed yep. Reindeer, who's like, that's this huge. is fucking awful. I shouldn't yeah. have never yet. written. It's one of the worst songs ever. But uh, still endures. Other songs, the Christmas song, Chest- Chestnuts mm-hmm. Are Roasting on an Open Fire, was written by Mel Torme, uh, son of Russian Jewish immigrants, and Robert Wells, mm. who was also Jewish. Okay. Several other songs written by Jewish people, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, huh? Okay. by Edward Pola and George Weil, Santa Baby by Joan Javits and Philip Springer, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow by Sammy Kahn and Jules Stein. And Silver Bells by Jay Livingston and Ray Evans. All Jewish people wrote all those songs. Interesting. I mean, if you've got a song in your heart. Yeah. Well, I feel like they're just like songwriters, right? Right. So it's like, well, we have to write a song for this TV special or this radio special or whatever. You know, it's like, well, we need a Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. Who do we hire? Oh, this this person's a songwriter. Oh, they're Jewish. It's like, eh, they'll, they'll yeah. figure it out. <laughs> they get the I'm idea. sure they've dealt with Christmas, you know. <laughs> yeah. Funny thing about Silver Bells, it was almost known as Tinkle Bells. Okay, I think they made the right choice. Until Jay Livingston's wife told him that Tinkle is another word for taking a piss. He didn't know that? He did not know. Well, I'm glad his wife told him, because I don't think anybody wants to sing Tinkle Bells. I can't tinkle bell. imagine. <laughs> There's a Tinkle in I, my sleigh. I can't I imagine know. it would have endured this long. If no. It had been called Tinker Bells. <laughs> no. Silver is definitely a, yes, uh, an improvement. Yeah. yeah. It'll stay, stay around a bit longer. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. A very famous one. I should point out. So those are all the ones written by, by Jewish people. Okay. So I have other songs. Okay. Okay. The next one is Santa Claus is coming to town. Written by a Muslim. Uh, just to... to no. No. <laughs> This is, again, this is like the origin of Christmas songs, right? right? right. So I kind of grouped those all together. Sure. You know, because Do you I have a like, section on, on Christmas songs written by Muslim people? You know, I don't, I don't know that that... <laughs> Does that exist? Should, is, I don't know if that can be a section. <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't look that up. But I... So I was looking at, it like, origins of songs individually. Yeah. And then I remembered that idea that there were a lot written by Jewish people. And I was like, okay, well, I'll group those up you know, at the beginning to kind of answer that question in case you had heard that. So, mm-hmm. 
But now we're getting into other songs. Santa Claus is Coming to Town was written by James Gillespie in 1934. It was for Eddie Cantor's radio show. Okay. Gillespie was actually having a hard time financially when he was asked to write a fun Christmas song. And his brother had just died. Oh, Jesus. So much tragedy goes into these songs. Yeah, but he wrote it. He wrote the lyrics in 15 minutes. Okay. He was like, let me just shit out this Christmas song (laughs) while I'm thinking about my dead brother. (laughs) And he called composer John Coots to write the music. And within 24 hours of its debut, it was a hit. Wow. Okay. Santa Claus is coming to town. 1934 for that one. Okay. All right. We'll get a bit older, Silent Night. Ah, yes, a classic. I guess you imagine a lot of these songs, the origin is Jesus. <laughs> yes, I imagine Jesus wrote them all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> He was a prolific songwriter in his day. Silent Night was written in 1816 by a Catholic priest. He was at a church in Mariupfar, Austria, and it was called Stille Nacht. Ah, huh? Stille Nacht. Heilig- Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. Stille Nacht. Yeah. Translated into English over 40 years later by an Episcopal priest named John Freeman Young. Wow. Okay. And has endured. Uh-huh. I just like the, that it was called Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. <laughs> you know, because it's German. Yeah, no, they're they're very romantic. You think about the song, you know, it's like yeah. so calm. <laughs> just like screaming Stille at you. Stille Nacht. Ugh. Deck the Halls. Okay. It comes from a 16th century Welsh song. Oh, wow. Called Nosgalan, which okay. means New Year's Eve. Oh, so it's not a Christmas song. It's a New Year's song. Right. Okay. It was rewritten by a Scottish guy named Thomas Oliphant in 1862, and he called it Deck the Hall. Hmm. And did he turn it into a Christmas song? Yeah. I mean, he, he basically changed words. Okay. Like... One line was, oh, how soft my fair one's bosom. Fa la 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 <laughs> That was he his changed... or the Welsh version? No, so that was the original okay. Welsh one. He changed it to deck the halls with boughs of holly. <laughs> he really tamed it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like the bosom lyric better. But, you know, hey. He was actually a well-known song, like, translator, apparently, Mm. and he worked for the court of Queen Victoria as a Mm. lyricist. Oh, interesting. Okay. His version wasn't permanent, though. He had a line, fill the mead cup, drain the barrel, follow a lot, which got changed. The variant we know as Don We Now Are Gay Apparel. Okay. That version was first seen in music sheet printings from 1877. Oh, wow. Okay. So even back in 1877, they were like, nah, we shouldn't talk about drinking mead. (laughs) Let's just Uh, talk about being happy. Let's talk about being, let's talk about gay apparel. Yeah. That'll be timeless. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Still is. That couldn't change. No, 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 no. The meaning of that will never change. Nobody snickers when they hear gay apparel. (laughs) Serious song. Next one I have is Jingle Bells. Okay, yes. The I, I would say that is arguably the, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. I mean, Way Christmas obviously sold so many copies, but I feel like Jingle Bells is like the Christmas song. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so I was like, I, gotta, I don't know where that comes from. You have to think that that's, I mean, that's like, I feel like the same way. That's the, the Christmas song. Right. Right? Everybody knows Jingle Bells. It wasn't written as a Christmas song. Oh, for fuck's sake. It wasn't? <laughs> no, what it was wasn't. it written as? So it's not clear if it was written in Savannah, Georgia, or Medford, Massachusetts, 
but it was written by James Lord Pierpont in the 1850s. Okay. It was actually called The One Horse Open Sleigh, and it was supposed to be for Thanksgiving. Huh. So once again, Christmas is just poking its ass, in the words of Liz Black, into Thanksgiving. (laughs) Who? Why are... I mean, at some point people were like, okay, Thanksgiving songs aren't a thing. We're just going to have to move them over to Christmas. (laughs) But if you think about the song, it doesn't mention Christmas at all. I guess Jingle Bells is just like a winter song. Yeah, essentially. But now I know it was originally a Thanksgiving song. That is weird. It was renamed later in 1857 called Jingle Bells. Okay. Um, And it wasn't really popular at first. Which is funny because, like I said, it's like the quintessential Christmas song. It took decades to really gain traction. Famously, actually, this song on December 16th, 1965, it became the first song broadcast in space. Jingle Bells was the first song broadcast in space? That is correct. Interesting. The crew of the Gemini 6 sang it and played a harmonica that they had snuck on board. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, so it wasn't like a record. The crew played. Okay, that's well, that's fun. It's weird, but yeah. fun. I mean, it was broadcast in space because then sure. the, 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 you know, the mission control at home heard it. Yeah. And they, they sang it and played the harmonica. Huh. Well, here you go. So, yeah, not a Christmas song, not originally popular at first, but now I feel like you feel, which is like, that's like the Christmas song, Jingle Bells. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. I was curious about this one. Yeah, was this written by? I, I assume it was written by a a uh, someone whose <laughs> pants don't go all the way every down. Time. To What's that? <laughs> I, we should what? I said we should have had you guess every time so that <laughs> right? we could see what what it really was. I just imagine so it's it would, someone who like smokes a corn cob pipe and has like a piece of hay and a, you know a, a straw wait, hat. So who who do you think? Who do you think? Came up with Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Uh, some, some, some Appalachian, you know, <laughs> white trash guy who was mad at his mother-in-law. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Okay. It was written in 1977. That, that sounds about recent right. Okay. Than yeah. some of the old ones. It was written in Dallas. Okay. All right. Not quite Appalachia, Rand- but you know. No. Randy Brooks. This all this all feels like it tracks, okay? Oh, and it's going to track even more. Oh, boy. He said he was sitting with his guitar and his co-writer, Johnny Walker Black, and- uh, Wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> like, was he joking that he was just getting drunk? Was that the joke? Or did he actually know a dude named Johnny Walker whenever Black? Whenever he sat down to write a song- He drank. He was drinking- Okay. Johnny Walker Black. Okay. All right, good. Uh, for a minute there, I was like, is there a dude out there named Johnny? I mean, I don't know if you've ever written a song or done anything creative, but you pretty much need to be under the influence of something. You don't need to be, but sometimes it helps. It helps. Yeah. yeah. So, (laughs) and so he's sitting there drinking his Johnny Walker Black, and he asked himself how grandma would die at Christmas (laughs) time. To his credit, he said he wrote it as kind of a, almost like a parody of, so obviously it's a joke song, right? Right. But he wrote it like he was tired of classic country songs where they tell a story of a character and you start to like them. And then in the third verse, they kill them off. OK. Like that's like a very typical like yeah. country song. So like it's, it's almost a like story. a satirical country song. Right. He's like, that's always like such an annoying trope yeah. with country songs. I'll just make a goofy Christmas song where, you know, the grandma dies. Essentially. Yeah. So it's not. It's not just a goofy Christmas song. It's also like a parody of a typical 
old style country song. Okay. Not a new country song. I don't even know what you would parody with that. But yeah. He performed it at a show and the group Elmo and Patsy heard him perform it and asked if they could record and sell copies of it. That's the, the main one you've probably heard. Okay. They did record it. Then a few months later, a disc jockey at a San Francisco radio station played it. And it was a hit. Even the liberals loved it. People started, well, people started calling in, some saying, this is awful, never ah. play this. <laughs> and other people who obviously liked it. Yeah. And wanted to hear it more. So, Interesting. I mean, if, if you imagine like the first time you play a song like that, there would have to be people calling, that's terrible. Abs- of course. My, my grandmother died <laughs> and I feel very sad about, you know. <laughs> my grandmother was run over by a reindeer. Right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, yeah, it was a hit since then. All right. So this next one is weird. Have you ever heard of the Christmas song Dominic the Donkey? Dominic the Donkey? Yeah. I have not heard of the song Dominic the Donkey. No. <laughs> you have to li- Okay. Hopefully somebody who's heard this, who's somebody who listens to this podcast has heard this song. I had never heard this song until yeah. maybe a couple years ago. Okay. Okay, I didn't even get to the lyrics, but what, what is the song? <laughs> so I had never heard this. Yeah, no, I have not heard it either. I listened to it was like a Spotify playlist of Christmas songs, and this came up and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's like a Basically, if you listen to the song, A, it's actually kind of catchy. And if you listen to the whole thing, I, I recommend not because then you'll you'll sit there hearing be in my yourself head. hum. Yeah. La, 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 <laughs> la, 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 Yeah, I can la, see la, how la, it would hook. Yeah. So it's basically a joke song, which you may have gathered. Sure. But it's become like a, oh, this is the Italian like Christmas song. Like the what? Italians are all, and so I had to, of course, talk about this. Yeah. Oh, we love Dominic the Donkey. He's <laughs> our favorite song in Italy. We listen to Dominic the Donkey every Christmas Eve. So it was recorded in 1960 by Lou Monte. Okay. He was born Luigi Scaglione. <laughs> okay. In New York City, he was an Italian American singer, songwriter, and comedian. Okay. Uh, it was written by Ray Allen, Wadra Merrill, and Sam Salzberg. It was basically a novelty song, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't make the Billboard Top 100 in 1960, but it be- basically became a cult classic in Italian-American households. Hey, what I say? So if you listen to the song, it it, it basically has like a bunch of like Italian Christmas-isms. Like, like he references a bunch of like Italian Christmas traditions. Okay. And I guess Italian American families like started to it became like a classic for them. Apparently, it's like there's like this trope that when you ride across the Italian countryside, you ride a donkey. So he uh. just kind of like took that. Okay. And these other songwriters, but yeah, so that's where that comes from. It was rumored to have been financed by the Gambino crime family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which I feel like. I don't know what else would have financed an Italian singer and comedian in 1960s New York City. That's true. Yeah, so it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know that's only a rumor, but I'm just going to say that's a fact. Well, it was like, no it, it was probably like funded by like the weird brother, you know? Right, right. It was like, hey, hey Johnny, I want to fund this song. It's called Dominic the Donkey. 
And they're like, right. what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't fund that song. I want to fund it. I want to make so much money, boss. I'm going to be just, number one. Just just throw some scratch my way. I'll, just just help my brother out. You know, it's... <laughs> Fine. Okay. Here you Fine. go. And then it was, became their favorite song. Yeah. So that's where that comes from. Okay. You should listen to the full song. So I will. I will. Head. Yeah, well, yeah. That's where that comes from. <laughs> the next I have, and I'm glad that it was both on both our top lists, which yeah. is Feliz Navidad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was written by Puerto Rican Jose Feliciano. Okay. Ah, okay. In 1970 in LA. Okay. Did you know he's blind? I mean, no, but that sounds like something I've probably heard, but I didn't know he that. Is, he is blind, including okay. back then. Like, it's not like a new thing. He's just a blind <laughs> singer, blind. songwriter, yeah. guitar player. He wrote it simple reasons. Basically, he missed family. He he loved Christmas. He wanted to write a happy song. He was here in LA. They were in Puerto Rico. A couple of years before, I guess, so he wrote the song. Mm-hmm. There's not much to it, right. right? He missed his family. He decided to write this song. It's very simple. Obviously, it's a bilingual song. It's kind of interesting in that respect. But you think about the time frame in which he wrote it in 1970. A couple of years before, in 1968, he had won a Grammy for Best New Artist and performed the national anthem at the World Series Game 5 in Detroit. Oh, wow. Okay. Tigers are playing the Cardinals. So he was actually a pretty big artist at the time. Yeah. He was booed. Oh. After performing the national anthem there. Wow. Okay. He performed it in more of like an R&B, like rock soul kind of way. He tried to do something fun with it. Right. He yeah. tried to do something fun with it and white people did not like it. They don't ever. They booed him. And it's funny, you can go on YouTube, there's like a like an MLB like historical video yeah. where they show like the full clip of him like playing. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the boos after he's done playing. Really? The whole stadium is like, boo. And it's not, I thought, I was like, okay, well, was he in St. Louis? Because that makes more sense. He was in Detroit and they were like, boo. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, that's just, that's just white people. Yeah. Feliciano told NPR his stylized interpretation cost him. He said, I had to leave America and play in other countries because I wasn't getting any radio play after oh I did the Star Spangled Banner. That's absurd. Yeah. That's so stupid. A Grammy winning artist yep. who's brought to play at the World Series because he got booed. Then like there was like letters to like newspapers. Oh my god. Like saying like, Oh, the World Series game is great and oh there was actually like newspaper articles that were just like the World Series game was great, but the guy who did the anthem before, that sucked. Oh that my was god. Terrible. That's so st- oh, okay. And the Major League Baseball like archive story on YouTube, they talked about how like the first one of the first performers was like I don't know, some white lady who sang it very straight. Right. Like very... Yeah, by the book. Strictly star... Yeah. And uh, one of the other performers in that World Series was Marvin Gaye. And they told him, they were like, you have to sing it straight. Did he sing it after Jose Feliciano? No, he sang it before. Oh, okay. But they were like, I guess the black guy, they were like, you got to sing it (laughs) white. (laughs) Don't sing it black at all. Because you'll get lynched outside St. Louis. Oh, my God. But I guess they forgot to tell... Jose Felicia, who's, like I said, he was blind. So yeah. a whole stadium in Detroit booed a blind guy <laughs> for playing the national anthem. Yeah, that sounds about right for Detroit. Ugh, just, it was fascinating. Yeah, so that's really I, interesting. It was interesting to hear, to learn about all that stuff. If you had never heard of that. I, I gained a lot of respect for the guy that wrote Feliz Navidad. There I was like, go. oh, I, I always thought, oh, that's a fun song. And now I'm like, oh, that guy's awesome. Yeah. Nobody should shit on him. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. He wouldn't see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> just had to fit that in. I you? did. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry, Jose. Yeah. So the last one I have, because this one I had heard some about, was Carol of the Bells. Okay. You know this one. It's da da uh-huh. da, da, da Yeah. Yeah. So. Your most epic was, of Christmas songs. Yeah. I like this song. Yeah. It's originally a Ukrainian song. Okay. Called Chichedrik. Chichedrik. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Chichedrik. Okay. Chichedric. Okay. Though the four-note melody likely dates back to pagan times before huh. Christianity. Okay. The newly arranged version, Chichedric, was written by Mikola Leontovich. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong too, but <laughs> the song was something Ukrainians had sang in the new year as like a blessing. Huh. Back in pagan times, Ukrainians sung Chichedrivki, which were a bunch <laughs> of songs welcoming the start of the new year. There were hundreds of different versions, including ones devoted to bears and bees. <laughs> okay. All right. So it was a bunch of weird pagans singing a bunch of songs. To bears and bees. But, yeah, in the early 1900s, Ukraine declared independence from the Russian Empire, and they actually assembled a choir to sing around Europe as part of a diplomatic tour to basically build, you know, getting support for their fight against Russia. Quick fact check. Uh, pretty sure. sure Putin would disagree with that. I don't <laughs> yes, think they I'm ever sure declared independence. They did. They're a piece uh, of Russia, and that's how mm-hmm. it needs to be. <laughs> the legend is that an American conductor, Peter Wilhowski, who was also of Ukrainian descent, heard a performance of it in America in the 1930s and changed it, like basically translated it into English, hmm. but changed the you know, changes the wording. Funny enough, by the time it was performed by the Ukrainian National Chorus in Carnegie Hall in October 1922, the guy who wrote it was assassinated by the Russian Bolshevik secret police about a year earlier. Wow. So it actually has an interesting history as, uh, you know, it gets embroiled in the Russian-Ukrainian independence. Yeah. As, you know, they sent these people out to kind of sing a Russian or sing Ukrainian chorus songs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and where this guy wrote this arrangement and then one of those trips, you know, they came to America and people were singing it here. This American composer got it and was like, oh, I'll change all of that into a Christmas song about bells. So <laughs> as you do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's where that comes from. Huh. I always like that it comes from like pagan times that it's been like this, just this. It's just mm-hmm. to me, it's very funny that that's just something that people have sang for like hundreds of years. Yeah. I Yeah. Know. I mean, I, before I, before Jesus, so that makes it more of a fun song to me. Especially if you don't have like, if it's just instrumental, it's yeah. like, oh, now I'm not even thinking about Christmas. This is just yeah, this is just a have fun a good harvest. Yeah, you there know, you go, have a good harvest. Like that. So that's all I got for Christmas songs. Okay, I hope you learned something. I, I know I picked it without you. No, I, you know what? I think sometimes it's okay if you pick something without me. I feel like I'm here to learn. Sometimes you yeah. know, it could also be Patrick. Patrick. Uh, Patrick wants sets to teach. the curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I definitely, there's definitely some, well, I'm going to get angry at people who sing Jingle Bells around Christmas now. I'm like, bro, that's not a Christmas song. Right. That's a Thanksgiving song. Wow, you'll be so annoying now. <laughs> Every Thanksgiving, I'm going to be like, before we eat the turkey, we must sing Jingle Bells. <laughs> I just want you all to know, Jingle Bells is actually a Thanksgiving song. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, I thought that was a good collection of also new and old uh, Yeah, no, I, I appreciated that. There was definitely a lot of, it was a, it's a. White Christmas, though. God damn. That's, yeah. that's depressing. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, also just very, very big song. Well, you know, I guess the emotion that went into it, you know. It was I like mean, clearly, and you were talking about the holidays. You were like, it never snows here. Yeah. Because that's like part of Christmas. Is Agreed. That it snows. Yeah. My child has never seen real snow in person. It's weird. Yeah. 
That like, is weird. We need to drive her to a mountain so that we can see snow. Yeah, drive to, I don't know, yeah, there's Colorado places, or there's something. Pla- yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's closer places than Colorado. <laughs> yes. But yes, exactly. I'm sure you can go up a mountain. Yeah, a mountain. There's a couple un- around Until, you know, until they dry up or whatever. Yeah, there so. you go. yeah exactly. All right. Well, uh, this has been Ian Wants to Learn. I'm Patrick. <laughs> and I'm Ian. And I learned. Talk to you next time. I like capitalist Christmas where right. there's no Jesus. Into, it's just presents. Right.